Hi, and welcome to another Market Voice podcast from FIA. I'm Jeff Reeves. Summer Mersinger was sworn into office as a commissioner of the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission at the end of March, alongside three other new commissioners. She previously served as chief of staff to former CFTC Commissioner Don Stump, so she's a familiar face at the agency and to those in the global cleared derivatives industry. With plenty of work ahead, including monitoring commodity market volatility, as well as exploring market innovations in digital assets and event contracts, her experience and expertise will be invaluable for the CFTC as the agency moves forward with an ambitious agenda. FIA President and CEO Walt Lucan recently sat down with Commissioner Mersinger as part of an FIA event in Chicago, and they discussed recent developments in derivatives markets, as well as the agency's priorities right now. Here's Walt Lucan. The CFTC, each of the commissioners also gets an advisory committee that allows them to get advice from the industry. You have chosen or was chosen for you, I don't know which one, but the, the, um, the Energy and Environmental Markets Advisory Committee, that allows you to play a little more offense, I would say, take on issues that you care about. Tell us a little bit about the committee and what the agenda might be, and you've announced a hearing. Yeah. I think. yeah. Yep. Um, so... I actually, that, that's a great thing about the four of us, the four, four of us coming together is, you know, before we were confirmed, we started having these conversations and I, I was pretty upfront and said, I really would like to take the Energy and Environmental um, Market Advisory Committee because I think I saw the, I saw an opportunity um, and kind of to your point of being called up to Congress 20 times, you know, when when prices when commodity prices start to spike people are always looking for a reason and it wasn't that long ago that people said it's speculators in the futures markets that's why gas prices are so high that's why crude oil is is trading so high and um so my thinking was you know let's get out in front of this a little bit you know energy prices are going to spike um and let's let's try to have some conversations to get out in front of this. So um, we're having our first, uh, we call it EMAC, first meeting in actually in Stillwater, Oklahoma next week on Tuesday. Uh, the reason we picked Stillwater is we're, I'm going to do a tour of Cushing, Oklahoma the day before, um, because I think you know so much of what we do is very abstract. Um, when we're a regulator in our DC office, you know, thinking about these things, and for me, I like to be a little more hands-on and actually see how things work. And so that was one thing I wanted to do is, you know, get out there and see, you know, physically what are we talking about when we when we talk about, you know, storage at Cushing. Um, so we're we're gonna have that tour. Um, we're working with Oklahoma State University. Uh, we're gonna meet with one of their agriculture economics classes, talk to them a little bit about the CFTC because I don't think we get out there enough and kind of talk about the agency to college students and get them you know, interested in what we do. And then for our main meeting, we're gonna focus on kind of two main themes. One is just this, what you were talking about with these, um, the market fundamentals in the energy space and how that is causing you know, these major swings in the prices and extreme volatility and you know, how that how that carries over into the futures market. So we're going to start really looking at that. Uh, we have some some great speakers talking, you know, more on the physical infrastructure side um, and kind of on some of the 
the transmission side? You know, what do the fundamental factors look like? Um, and then what does that mean for our, our futures contracts? And then kind of a new and interesting area is uh, critical metals and right. the importance of, of these metals in a lot of the renewable energies, whether you're talking about electric vehicles, um, windmills, battery storage. And, you know, we have, we have our energy markets are, you know, they're pretty thinly traded. Um, and, but I think they're going to have a really important role going forward. So we're going to start talking about, you know, what, what this, you know, transition, the transition to renewables, what's this, what does this mean for metals markets? Mm -hmm. And how is that going, how are we going to see the impact in the, the future side. So those are kind of the two main themes, but I'm excited. I think we're going to have some great discussions. It's going to be a busy yeah. <laughs> riser committee yes. with everything that's going on. Yes. The poor European energy markets, they're yeah. facing a lot of pressure, but um, I'm sure there's a lot of topics you can cover. Um, I did want to jump into crypto. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of applications before the agency, but I would assume Congress is also asking the CFTC's advice on where it should go. Give us an overview of your thoughts on, on where the agency is heading on crypto. Yep, absolutely. Um, and there's actually a hearing on Thursday in the Senate Agriculture Committee that Chairman Benham is testifying um, before the, the committee. Actually, former Chairman Heath Tarbert is going to testify as well um, on the legislation that um, Chairman Stabenow and Ranking Member Bozeman have put forward, which would really give the CFTC some spot market uh, jurisdiction, um, regulatory jurisdiction, and create a number of new registration classes. Um, you know, I they're pretty full speed ahead on this legislation. I, as a former Senate staffer, I can say that you know you can't be too optimistic about legislation getting done um, because the blink of the eye, of an eye, something can completely throw it off. But they seem pretty invested in, in moving this along and maybe looking for a path forward to get this signed into law. Um, I think implementation will will take a little bit. Um, there's still some you know questions as to how you know how do we make that divide between what's a security and what's a commodity, or what if it's a security and then it becomes a commodity? Right. So I think there, those questions are still out there, and I'm I'm not 100% sure how we address that. Um, but as far as kind of creating a new registration um, class and allowing, you know, the the spot market regulation of the space, you know, that's that's what they're trying to do, and they seem to be on a path to to actually get that done. Great. Um, and I assume no comment on the FTX proposal at this point. <laughs> no comment other than, you know, this. some days I, I think, you know, this we, we have to consider a lot of really hard things. Um, yeah. And you really do have to put your, you know, kind of personal thoughts aside and, and, and look at the statute and, yeah. and look at the regulations and say, okay, how does, how does it work within the framework that we have? Right. Um, and I think that's, you know, what we're trying to get here. Yeah, well, good. Um, I do want to get to event contracts because I find this fascinating. I think a lot of people in the audience don't realize how much time the CFTC spends on spends on event contracts mm -hmm. and the, the uniqueness of those markets. I know there is uh, Calshi is out for public comment right now. Tell us a little bit about you know 
philosophically where the, the hot issues are in the event markets and because it's I think it's fascinating. It is fascinating and the interest is is growing. Um, you know, we we are seeing people more and more people come in and, and ask about, you know, these these contracts. And I always have to take a step back and say, okay, what does our statute say? You know, what did Congress authorize? What what did they say we should do? And you know, Congress did say, you know, that that registered entities can offer event settled binary contracts. And so we kind of have to start from that viewpoint of, you know, whether how you regardless of how you think about these contracts, they're allowed under the statute with some exceptions. Um, and this is a this is where it gets tricky uh, because the statute isn't overly clear. There are some um, there's some flaws in the statute. They they actually reference some incorrect um, statutory references to other parts of of, of the bill um, of the CEA of the Commodity Exchange Act. Um, and then after Dodd Frank was passed, as the agency was doing rulemaking, the rulemaking around this didn't exactly make it any more clear, and maybe added some additional um, considerations into what we have to look at. And so what happens is you take these contracts and you kind of put them through this filter of, you know, do they do they fit into one of these categories that 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 we have to say no. So it's it's the only thing that Congress listed was gaming, terrorism, um trying to remember the other anything that violates federal or state law. Um is political no, no political's not. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of the fourth one. Gaming terrorism, violation of state federal law. And onions. And, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just tickets and onions. <laughs> but they they had these specific categories, and then they had and anything else the the commission decides is against the public interest. Right. So this broad that's category, a big hole. Yeah, that's a big hole. <laughs> um, and when we did rulemaking, we said, you know. We're gonna we're gonna kind of allow you know contracts under these same things that Congress said, and anything that that the commission under future rulemaking determines is you know violates the public interest. So we kind of just didn't you know kind of kicked it off to the Point. side. Yeah. And now we're seeing a lot of interest, um, and a lot of it you know there's there's certainly a lot of interest on kind of this political control, um, and you know people people explain that there is a real economic purpose to maybe a political control contract. You know, you may be your business, whatever it is, will have a very different, you know, your your ability to succeed as a business may be all, you know, completely changed depending on who is running Congress. So there's, there's this interest there. Um, we've had some we had some interesting, you know, universities doing work in this space under no action letters. Um, we have registered entities now coming in saying we'd like to issue these contracts. Um, and really, the only thing we've ever done in this space is, you know, a we had said no to a contract, you know, years ago that was, you know, that they said was gaming. Um, and it was another political control. Yeah. 
so it, 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 we're kind of left with this, you know, every time we look at it, we have to decide, is this, is this gaming? Is this right. somehow, you know, just gambling, I guess. And I think we probably need to spend a little more time thinking through how we're going to evaluate these contracts because not everything is gaming in my opinion. Um, so how do we, how do we decide? Uh, it's tough. Yeah. It is tough. It is tough. It, not to say, talk about an anecdote, but I have a friend that's a lobbyist for a network. I won't name the network, but they're involved in um, football, the NFL. And, uh, but, you know, they are now involved in, um, you know, sports betting as a result of that. They don't want to be a bookie. They, you know, they're a, a network, you know. And so they're trying to figure out, are there ways to use the futures markets to offset that risk? And um, so like, to me, it's that's gaming, but they're looking to use something to hedge that game, yeah. you know? And so where do you draw the line, right? Yeah. It's really, it's really difficult. Well, and I, I don't think, envy the commission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the gaming side too, you know, not just gaming, but you know, okay, it violates federal law. It violates some state laws. So what if you've got, you know, different state laws that where it's legal in one state, right. not in the other. And, and you know, are we going to choose you know, well, it's okay in this state, not in this state. So, and I, I always go back to, you know, Congress has done a good job of avoiding federal gaming, <laughs> you know, having to deal with, with whether or not um, gaming should be allowed kind of a, at a federal level. Right. I don't want the commission to get out ahead of that. And, and you know, somehow there be a decision that people say, oh, well, the CFTC just said it was okay for, you know, legalizing you know for federal gaming right. um, so I, I don't know i don't know where we come out on that but i do think we'll have some rulemaking. um yeah. you're gonna be busy we're gonna be, be busy. busy yeah yeah um well the other issue you mentioned in your emac -E is uh energy and environment yeah. so what do, what do you plan to do on that topic how is the agency handling we talked about the rfi yeah. but you want to extrapolate a bit on that yeah so the RFI, um, the request for information that, that was put out, um, it, it really had to do with financial risk due to climate change. Um, and that is, that's a little unique. Um, I think that kind of focus for other prudential regulators makes a lot of sense. I don't know how it directly applies to what we do. Um, now I, we have a number of different ways we can vote. I voted to concur with putting out that um, request for information. And so that that means is I'm not going to say no, but I'm not saying I agree with this. And I put out a statement with that. And I, I always support the agency going out and asking the public for, for their thoughts and public comment. I think that is a process that's important. And I never want to somehow say we shouldn't be doing that. But a lot of the questions we're asking, I don't know what we do with that information. I don't know how we could have any rulemaking with, you know, statutory basis uh, for the questions we're asking. And so I was critical of, of the questions being asked. Um, and, you know, there, there are certainly there's, there's things that we can talk about in the CFTC's uh, jurisdiction related to climate and environment and you know you mentioned the carbon markets um you know we have actively traded futures products here um you know so it's it's not as though we have to come up with 
you know, new subject areas to, to talk about the environmental uh, policies. But I, I do fear that, you know, I, I don't want to see a stretch in our jurisdiction to try to kind of play into the narrative that there needs to be more focus um, for, for financial risk related to climate change. Um, I also, I grew up on a farm. I, I look at it a little bit and say, you know, I don't know, my dad was, you know, the banks that we worked with, you know, as a family farm were pricing in climate risk all the time. Right. You know, that is not a new concept. To, Drought. And, yeah, you know. exactly. If you're, you know, an agriculture lender, climate risk is not a new concept. Um, so it, it's interesting. I, I'm anxious to see what the comments are and, you know, just interested to see kind of where people see, you know, where our jurisdiction could, you know, where we could have some interest here. Um, but I'm going to be skeptical at, of where we take that information. Right. right. You're not tipping the scale in one direction. It's right. just, yeah. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide investment, tax, business, legal, or professional advice to any individual or entity. Unless specifically stated otherwise, neither FIA nor its members endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, opinion, product, process, service, individual, or entity presented or mentioned in this podcast. FIA makes no representations, warranties, or guarantees as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the podcast content. Reliance on the podcast contents is done at your own risk. FIA disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special of consequential damages arising out of any use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or its contents. Any commercial use, resale, or redistribution of this podcast without the FIA's express written consent is prohibited. Copyright 2022 FIA. All rights reserved. For more information, visit FIA.org.